Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on there. We're trying hard to make it through, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. So I want to start off with the positive, lads. Um, there's plenty of positives. As Brian Cody said, we're back out in the field. It's just great to be back out there. Paul Murphy, welcome to the show. How's it going, Colm? Good, good. I think that was the kind of general feeling from the weekend. You know, we weren't expecting too much from them. Two and a half weeks prep. Fairly good games under the circumstances. Yeah, people just wanted to watch matches. They just want to see teams back on pitches. Um, I don't think anyone was going to be too hard on any team, you know, the touch being out or hitting wides or anything like that. It was just good to see teams back on pitches. And really, I think what we kind of saw was more of a if you could see what goes on behind closed doors in, in maybe training matches, that was kind of it. And it feels it seemed to be the atmosphere, but it was just great to get teams back on pitches and have some sort of matches going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, loads of wides, Ken, which is perfectly understandable. Yeah, look, I suppose they're, they're only, only it's just pre-season and challenge games, really. The difference is we, 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 we watched them on telly, you know. So uh, that's the kind of games you do get, uh, especially look around, only getting back into it. I know it's a different, obviously, with what went on over the last year. They're getting pre-season now in May and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real fast run up to championship. But uh, that's what you got. Lads are only getting back really to the swing but they couldn't do any hurling only the last two weeks, they said. And uh, look, the games were, were decent. They weren't great. Uh, you wouldn't be on the edge of your seat watching them. But, but still, it was, it was great to have the hurling back and, and see the games and matched up around the whole country, which, which was good. And it's what we probably were... It feels... Uh, feel so unnatural to, to, to watch games now it's great to be back and start watching matches again you know so it's, it's just great to have it all back and uh, back up and running Yeah exactly the one thing I suppose with, with hurling because the pitches were all closed so you can go to a wall ball you can bang it off the gable end of your house but you can't stick it over the bar Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean Yeah exactly and I think a lot of players obviously that's a lot of what we saw was just that bit of match sharpness and even the match fitness as well so you can do lots of stuff against uh, you know a ball wall and different things but it's very hard to recreate when the ball is jumping around or when there's a lad tackling you and different things so um, there was a bit of that but it was also you know there, there was great moments there of you could see the spark that was in players there like Austin Leeson's point in, in the Cork match where he just turned back and individual players did show great spark in, at different times but I suppose like Ken was saying the general play it was understandable and you know, that will come with a few matches, a few training sessions, that'll all come back to that. Yeah. What what about Antrim's win over Clare, uh, Ken? That's the big story of the weekend. Like, I mean, fantastic win. It just doesn't, it just goes to show because I remember Cheddar here on the show a lot of years um, would talk about, oh, the Joe McDonough, they should be in the Leinster Championship and they should be competing with the better teams. And that's what 
improves these, you know, maybe second tier teams is competing about the better ones. But you see from Carlo, who won the Joe McDonough, came up through with Galway in the league. You saw Leash beat Dublin after winning the Joe McDonough. Now Antrim are beating Clare. Is it not better to get a bit of confidence? These teams never get confidence because they get beaten all the time. No, no, it's massive. But we were on the, the Monday after the uh, column uh, and we're talking with the Joe McDonough as well. But Antrim have some quality players. Uh, they, they have a bit of quality, of good forwards, you know. And I, I thought it was going to be a tough game for Clare and they played some lovely hurlings, some great scores. I actually watched that game yesterday and like when you have bit of, when you have quality and you have scoring forwards, like you know they're big men as well. The half forwards win their own ball. Liam McManus is back playing playing fully yesterday. He was struggling with injury at times last year, you know. So uh, that was going to be a tough game for Clare, and we all know what's going on in Clare. So uh, look, it's, it's great for him. And I and I tell you, they they take it. They 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 won't be easy played in, in any game this year, Antrim. And they're they're full of confidence, and, and going up there is going to be very tough. But even well, I can't wait to see the next day. Uh, who, who are Antrim playing next week? I, I don't know who they're playing yet. Uh, we'll see how they go after that, you know, because the confidence they get from that will be huge. Is to build on that again the next day with a performance and then build on it and build on it for the next few weeks. And look, it's great to have it's great to have Antrim at the top level because I think they deserve to be up there, but they're good enough to be up there judging off yesterday's performance, albeit it's, it's, it's early yet. But still, you, you have to be happy with that, you know. Yeah, Paul Murphy answered your question, Kilkenny, and he was yeah. smiling here as he said it. <laughs> <laughs> I was only smiling because I looked it up, but yeah, no, um, it, it was like, I mean, they were full value for their win, which is the great thing for them. and, and I think it shows that the few years of hurling, maybe, you know, with a, with a few lads building up the confidence, you know, Darren Leeson's done a great job. They were very organised, you know, and they were full value for the win, which you can't, you know, you can't deny him of that. Um, OK, they're going to be playing Kilkenny. Part of part of going forward now is maybe the element of surprise was there also against Clare at the weekend. Um, that's gone now. But I think Antrim will be happy going forward. Like, they've, they've bet Clare full value for it. They're going to play more teams and hopefully, you know, get a few more results, which they'll be 100% belief now that they can do that. If Clare are capable of beating teams, why can't Antrim beat teams? But at the same time now, they have to turn around and go down to Kilkenny. They'll relish it because they're now playing against teams they want to play against that they deserve to be playing against. They're going down to Nolan Park. Um, those players will love it because they have full belief in themselves now. But also, the element of surprise is now gone. You know, Kilkenny will be looking at that going... Like they were working hard, they were hooking, yeah. they were blocking, they got great scores, they were very fit, they were physical. So Kilkenny will be now going, we have to hit these lads fairly hard straight away. I think Antrim will enjoy that. But even if, let's say, who's who's to say what Antrim will come out of with the game? Um, but if Antrim come out of competing in matches and putting it up to Tipperary's and putting it up to whoever it is, like down the road or these the big teams... Um, I think that's what they're looking for. Like you know, they're looking to go down to Kilkenny and get some sort of a good result, play well for the seventy minutes. And who's to say? I won't even comment on what the the scoreline might be, but another good performance back to back will stand to them big time. I think that's what they're looking for. I don't yeah. know. It, 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 it here, actually, yeah, I, sorry, Ken. Just before you come in, I admire your stamina to watch that Clare um, Antrim match. I was gassed out. I'd watched four games at that stage. I went, no way. I need. I need to get away from this television. <laughs> No, no, I, I tell you, I, I, I taped the uh, Waterford Cork game. I watched that later on. Uh, and I watched, uh, I came back and I watched the clear uh, Antrim game. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'd always have a lot of time for Antrim. We, we went up over a couple of weekends there uh, when we were playing. And uh, we set up in Ballycastle. So they'd always have a little affinity to certain counties. And uh, I'd be honest, uh, don't lie about us in Ireland semi final uh, back in 2003, club semi final. So I know how good they can be uh, and what kind of hurling is in them, you know. But it's good. It's good to see the, the way they played. They didn't put 
14 men behind the ball, they've been out and tried to hurl. And when you have the likes of Kieran Clark in corner forward, who have that skill, and has it. I remember I've seen him a couple of years ago, and he was young, and I was saying, if this fella gets a good run, and, and you want to see these players, you know, and that's what the Antrim team want to do. They want to, they want to be seen on, on the big stage, and that's what you're playing hurling for, Paul, I tell you. You want to be go out and test yourself against the best players, or, or or what's the point in putting in all the training and putting in the effort unless you want to be tested? You know, I'm sure they can't wait for Sunday. Look, Jesus, tough game, uh, Kenny. Let's be honest about it. But as we said, performance would be just as important uh, next Sunday. Uh, the result is one thing, but the performance is massive. You know, he's saying all the right things, Darren Gleeson. Every game is an opportunity to go out and represent your county. The county jersey is important, and we think we have instilled that again. Like, I mean, maybe some of the weaker counties don't think about that. Like, you know, like representing Kilkenny, Paul, mm. you know, you know yeah. that. That's yeah. what you, yeah. that you grow up wanting to represent that jersey, whereas maybe the players in Antrim had forgotten about that. Yeah, it's hard to know. They're, they're passionate people. Like, um, as Ken said, you deal with these, like we've played clubs from Antrim before, I've played Antrim myself a few times, and the one thing you can't knock them for is the passion they have. You know, they go out and play a match, they're in your face, and they have full belief, and they're going to give it everything, regardless of what the outcome's going to be. And, you know, what Darren Leeson said there, it's one thing to come out and just actually say that, oh, you know, take every game and we're going to seize every opportunity. But that seems to be what they did the weekend. You know, they saw Clare coming up to our, our, their own doorstep. It's an opportunity to put one over on a big team and they took it. And, OK, I know other people might be kind of flippant about the matches at the moment that they're kind of... They, maybe look like glorified challenge matches and different things but this was a great opportunity for uh, for Antrim to go play a big team yeah. put in a result and they got it you know which is brilliant for them so it's not just Darren Leeson going out giving interviews and saying listen we need you know pride in the jersey and all this what Antrim did the other day was exactly what Darren Leeson is talking about so um, he's doing something right and it's great to see it and look they're, they're a great it's a great county and it's great to have them you know competing at this level again it, it, it was probably the victory of the weekend really Warsaw would have been something similar. Uh, like when we kind of started out, maybe back in the mid nineties, late nineties, that we were trying to break into the top bracket, you know. So I can see uh, where, where Darren Gleeson is coming from and where the players are coming from. You have to have. We would have had probably there was a perception about us that um, Mount Sion, Ballygun, or different clubs that we couldn't get on, and we had to kind of gel that all together to have pride in the jersey because if you don't have it, you, you won't compete. Because uh, as, it, as you said, Colin, it's easy. I won't say easy, but you're from Kilkenny, you're from Tip. That's, your, that's all you wanted to do was get on and pay for that jersey because you know you have a chance every year. When you came from the likes of Warford at the time or Antrim now, you have to really, it, that has to be instilled into you, you know. So, uh, no, it's, it, it, it's huge for him and it's a great start, you know. So, Yeah, no, it's a great start. I was going to say we're going to talk to their captain, Conor McCann, um, for Thursday's show. Um, they have a media manager now, so we know they're coming up in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah. To be clear. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have to book an interview. So listen, listen, listen. Oh, they have to take a step yeah. up. They have to take yeah. a step up. Yeah, exactly. right. So enough of this positivity about the good games, about Antrim, about all that stuff, because I'm known to be a little bit negative from time to time. What is the story we, of this abomination, Paul, of an advantage <laughs> rule? Yeah, I suppose the first indications from the weekend is that it's going to slow things down a fair bit. Um, Look, the referees can only do what's in front of them. They can only play the the way that the rules are telling them to play it. Um, uh, You know, I I had no problem with the advantage rule the way it was before. Um, You kind of see something that jumped into my mind was that, you know, if you watch Aussie rules, a player makes a mark and he has a chance to run on if he wants or he'll just stand there and take the mark. I mean, very similar for me with what would work with the hurling rule and what seemed to be kind of unofficially happening over the years anyway was a player, if he was fouled and if he felt he was fouled, everybody could see he's been fouled and if he just stopped 
well, he's getting the free anyway, or the referee would let it on. But now the referee has to stop it, you know, because the free is the advantage. Um, doesn't allow for a free-flowing game. And I think we got the first indication of that over the weekend in different matches that at least it was consistent across matches. And we could see that, OK, it's, it's slowing things down here a small bit. And, you know, that wasn't down to referees or it wasn't down to players. That's just the rule that's in place and it just seemed to slow things down a small bit. Definitely slows it down. And one thing I've learned from doing this show for the last five years is that the flow of the game is very important What's to hurling right? people. This is like, <laughs> there's nothing else you mess with other yeah. than the flow of the no, game. No. Yeah. Do not mess with And like I was thinking, Ken, like you were playing centre-back. Like, I mean, you catch a good ball, someone's pawing out of you, you break free and now you're out into open space and now you can do something. Like, you don't want to go back for that free. No, and that's that's the whole game. To me, that's what made made Hurland. And look, to be honest, we have to be very careful because the way the game has like uh, evolved or changed over the, over the last few years, there's a lot less of that. Say, even like the Tommy Welch grabbing a ball and wink back, first and forward, putting it over. That's not in the game anymore. There's a lot of you have to find a man twenty yards ahead of you the pop pass so getting the crowd even there's obviously no crowd there at the moment but getting that crowd involved in the game was a massive part of hurling the kind of intensity the speed of it and now to me it slowed down even in the style the way a lot of teams are playing and this new rule like I just it don't make sense I, I don't know who would actually come up and say right that's a good idea for the game of hurling because it's totally alien to what the game should be of moving at pace lads taking the tackle it's, a, it's the physicality of the game is what we love especially come the summer when players are up to that kind of level of fitness, they can burst through players and, and, and take it on. And we, we, I, I think it's madness that we're trying to take this out of the game as well because I said we've lost that crowd getting involved. Uh, I, I know people might say, say if you caught a ball years ago, you drive it up. Paul used to do it a lot. I used to do it. You drive it up 100 hours. You wouldn't care where it went. But that got the crowd involved. That's kind of gone out of the game now because the minute you get up, you have to find somebody. You have to find somebody in front of you. And now you're taking that and the vantage rule uh, out of it, I think I think it's madness. I, I think it's absolutely nonsense, to be honest with you. Are they taking the warrior game uh, game away from you, Paul? Yeah, like uh, exactly what Ken said there. Like uh, often when I see these rules coming in, I look at it and I say, is, is that going to dilute the game now? Like part of some one of the things that we obviously pride ourselves on is the physicality of the game, and that you know players are allowed to run into each other and be it accidental. And look, hurls are going to go astray, and that's fine. And no player will give out about that. Okay, lads in the stand might shout and try and get a free when it happens, but if you were to go by the letter of the law and try and bring it down, break it down constantly the whole time, that any little flick or any catch or any small bit of a tug, that that's it, done. It's a free you know, we're going to dilute it down to nothing and it won't be a physical game after that. And that's something I'd be concerned about because like Ken said, um, that's the stuff that... we're not okay. We're not here also to make it just a crowd sport and a spectator sport, but that's what makes it great. You know, when a player can run through, take a tackle, and you think of all the great scores that have been over the years. If you actually look back at them and see the little flicks, you know, like the likes of Kieran Carey's points, you know, and all these different things. If you actually look back at these things and see how many little flicks and slaps and hooks and blocks and all these things that were going in. If the new rules were put into that, would, would that have stopped? Would those scores have been, you know, called back and a free given? So I kind of look at it in that way and you, you're kind of thinking hopefully we were not going down this route of to be correct in every decision as opposed to let the game flow. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely... The, the one thing annoys me and the, one, the reason I use it for the halfback line with you, Ken, is that when they say the free is the advantage and sometimes it drives me mad watching a rugby match and there's a penalty in front of the post and the team plays on and next yeah. minute they throw it out to a winger who loses it and now they've lost the advantage. It's like, why didn't you just t- kick the ball, you know, drop yeah. it, knock it on? Yeah. So I kind yeah. of understand a forward, Ken, 
you know, the game the game is let flow on a bit and there's a guaranteed point that you could knock over and the play moves on and nothing comes of it. And it, it, that's a bit of a disadvantage for the attacking team. But we saw loads of examples of it coming from the half-back line and you, they're not guaranteed yeah. frees in any way. No, no. And look, that's and that's what makes our game enjoyable. And look, look, obviously, look, we, 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 while we're trying to become, we'd want to be in other rugby because we have to be something different. We'd want every every single play broken down or else we'd be just sitting there not getting excited. And I think that's what a part of our matches are over all the years that you're getting excited watching. You can't leave your seat. You can't go out to get a cup of tea. You can't go get, if you're out watching a game to get a beer because you miss something. Where at times at the moment you can do that now and come back in and you, what happened? It was a free brought back <laughs> or you know it, that's the way to get, we have to be very careful because that's what made our game so unique you know and I, I, I don't know look as you said uh, I know it can go against you at times that advantage when you have an easy free maybe 20-30 yards out and you go for it but but still uh, you have to have common sense but the common sense has been taken out of the referee's hands now he has to by by the law you know and it's, it's, it's very it's going to be very awkward over the next few weeks how they're going to pan out or how it's going to work you know so we, we could be talking about this a lot more in the next few weeks you know one, one thing to do which might not make us panic is the referees remember Tony Kelly got sent off for the head high kind of tackle and they said they were clamping down on this and then mm. they kind of eased off it a little yeah. bit until Richie yeah. got it in the all Ireland final yeah. but do, do, maybe the first game of a league they usually try to lay down a marker maybe on these things yeah they at least try and I'd imagine the referees are all you know they're obviously all talking to each other and they want to say look well, we want to at least see consistent across consistency across the board that we're all seeing from the, the, the same the same hymn sheet so look that's that's understandable and the referees can only do what they're being told to do anyway um, but you know like going back even what what the Ken was saying there like it, it is a kind of party is kind of worried about where they're going I think going back we're talking about the advantage let it down to the player like the referee can put the hand up and we can all see it the hand up that there's a free being given and if, if the player plays on and it turns out to be the wrong decision okay that's the player's fault and that's a decision that the players have he to make he could drop the ball if he wanted yeah do you know he could just stop and, and come back and, and let the free be the free yeah um, and if it's just a bad decision then by the player if he tries to play on and goes for the goal let's say but actually there was a point on whatever and I don't think anyone that's human error and I don't think anyone would complain that that was the situation we were in where referee puts the hand up two or three seconds goes okay he's playing on that's it we're going to play on and now the ball trickles wide or whatever and you go geez, he should have taken the free well that's the player's problem right, then. Yeah. and that will allow for the, 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 the you know the freedom of play the bit of flow um, without having to break it down into okay that's free we're taking the free that's a free and we're going to slow it down a bit too much then. Yeah. Nobody was asking for this. I don't I want to move off it because you could talk about this the whole <laughs> yeah, show. No yeah. one even asked for this. Like, yeah, I remember yeah, anything. I yeah. yeah, I don't know where this came from. I yeah. don't know where it came from. Was there a need for it, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> what, what about, it seemed to affect Limerick, lads. This, the free count in the Limerick tip game was uh, 21 to 13. Now, John Kiley was interviewed after. He took a few off tip. He said it was 21 to 10, which is, <laughs> you know, uh, normal enough. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, Ken, we talked last year about how Limerick, like, it's it's almost like Gaelic football. They, they'll put hands on you, maybe around your hips. They'll slow you down. They'll make sure you know you're not getting away with that ball. And it it became a bit of a feature of their play. Like if referees are getting whistle happy from the half back line and you know d- different little frees, will they be punished more? Will they find that new rule harder because um, you know they, they, they tend to, they tend to you know get bodies in the way and stop players, whether it's um, illegal or legal, is kind of borderline. It is borderline, but I think that's what makes that Limerick team at the moment. It made the Kilkenny team, the pub is on, the playing on the edge and the way they play. And I don't think this Limerick team will be the, it would be the same Limerick team without that uh, way they play and how, how physically hard they go into the tackle. Look, sometimes they go over the top 
it, it can be perceived from a different referee whether it's a foul or not they get hands in but that's 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 how they play and, and as you said I, I think this the new format or the new rule uh, might affect them. But as you said, it, it could be just the first game in the league as well. The referees are told to really clamp down on it, you know. And uh, As well as that, uh, you're only back training, you're only back doing the, 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 the tackling drills, you're only back training physically against one another. You can do all the training individually as you want, as Paul said, in the ball alley, do the run and do the weights, but it's, the, it's that tackling. And that takes training as well, you know. That takes that um, a few weeks of, of consistently doing it to really get up to the speed of not fouling and try and do it the best you can, you know. Look, and it, it is on the age, and we've said it numerous times over the last couple of years, it is on the age, but I, I, if I was John Coyley, I wouldn't take that out of the team. I don't think you will take it out of the certain players that we're talking about because I think that's what makes them. But you still have to try, you still have to do it legally as much as, as possibly you can to keep in the rules, you know, or if it's a free, it's a free, you know. Yeah, exactly. What's your verdict under jerseys, uh, Paul? I got getting a little bit dizzy looking at them, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, I, I liked them. Now, I saw a few people saying about that the numbers were a bit hard to pick out in the back, but no, I thought it was something different. I think I still prefer the traditional green jersey, but I see what they're doing. Like, I mean, obviously 100 years since the, they won the first Lee McCarthy. So, um, yeah, look, they're nice. I have no real problems with them. I don't have any real problems with the numbers on the back because I think you kind of know the players anyway from their helmets and from just, you know, the general... Yeah, you know their players are... What's with the dirt on the shoulders? It's like they've all fallen or something like I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> must be something in the warm up. But even just actually going back to what they're saying, like I was, I was kind of laughing when I heard the people were saying, "Oh, Limerick are playing on the edge." I was kind of saying, "This sounds all a bit familiar now for, to me." To be honest, <laughs> that I think, look, Limerick at the moment are dealing with the tag of being champions. Like obviously, they were going through probably a honeymoon period there of, you know, they they were after winning the All Ireland a few years ago, and now they've had a second All Ireland, and now maybe kind of people are starting to, you know, the the, the crowd is starting to turn a small bit and say, Pick ah, things out." Yeah. yeah, but if you're champions, I think if you look at any team that's been champions over any years you know they will play on the edge you're going to to try and squeeze every inch out of any area you can and like Ken was saying John Kiley won't be trying to talk this out of his players because players are playing right up on the edge they're you know it's a fine line they're not being dirty by any means like you know and I think to be fair the other day a lot of the frees were probably justified okay one or two but you're always going to have one or two that could be hit or miss but um, you know they they probably did foul quite a bit but wouldn't be too worried about it John Kiley certainly isn't going to stop it because it shows that the players are being aggressive and I think if you look Cheddar Plunkett probably wanted his boys to put a hand on the Wexford boys a small bit more the weekend so if my team are going out and they're fouling this early stage in the year I'm not concerned about it I'm liking the aggression and if Anton like Ken was saying you get into the training matches and lads will just time it a small bit better get the flicks in and you know you'll come down in the numbers in in that way Yeah Just that last Wexford goal you reminded me of it's like Piggy in the middle there wasn't it lads (laughs) running around and then Rory O'Connor just strolling through I know like it was the same in the Waterford Cork game the last 10 minutes didn't seem like a a competitive game at all but I don't know I'd left that leash Wexford game when there was 7 in it and went that'll be all right. and I get home and they've lost by 19 it's like what the hell's that after happening here, what did you what did you make of the sin bin in that game? Uh, Ken Lee clear sin bin, the first sin bin on Rory O'Connor. Uh, looked clear cut enough to me, um, Ken. Like it, I mean, it, it, that's exactly yeah, why the rule is brought in. I think so. I think so. But look, is the rule meant to be inside the twenty one, or is it is it just twenty one and the D? Just yeah, all twenty right. It was just on the age. You know what? That was clear cut. You know, I think that's what the rule was brought in for. Uh, it's just the you need every referee to be consistent on it. There was a prime example in the in the Antrim uh, clear game as well. Uh, Aaron Shanahan caught a ball in the second half yeah. and, and was brought down the exact same way. Just cynically brought down, you know. So, look, he wants the referee stick to. But look, there's going to be, and this is where I, I'd have not a problem with it. Uh, it's just we we have to manage this rule right as well because 
Do you remember a couple of years ago the helmet rule was brought in? If you pull the helmet off a player, you're obviously it was sent off. But but obviously in certain tackles, your hand or might touch a helmet, and then players were getting penalised for that. So like I think a tackle, a tackle inside the twenty one on a player running through has to be a tackle, but a cynical foul has to be a cynical foul then, you know where I'm coming from? So I think yeah. we have to be very careful on how the refs, uh, once they're consistent in doing that. And I thought even Prunty's uh, tackle on was it Patrick Horgan, yeah. that, that, to me that was an honest effort of getting back at him. He was after slipping inside him uh, with a nice touchdown. So Prunty went back and he kind of tripped over his legs. And I was glad to see that wasn't uh, uh, the cynical foul. And he, but no, so we have to be very... Just, and, and these things happen so so fast and at so much pace. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, tough on the ref. But you, you, everyone, geez, a blind man can see it. Uh, what's a cynical foul when someone's going through for a, a goal on 21? I think it's uh, that will work okay. I think you know it'll cut out uh, as we said that the foul and that's just purely just drag someone down. Yeah, and even uh, like like you were saying there, Ken. I, I don't know if you even copped it. That. It doesn't say anything actually about cynical fouling within the within the rule itself. You know, so it's. If you're, if you're to go by the letter of the law, and oftentimes we hear this in analysis, you say, well, by the letter of the law, that is a sending off, or that is. So, you know, if a trip is accidental or whatever, well, by the letter of the law, it's actually still the same thing. So this was brought in for the purpose of get rid of cynical fouling. So yesterday is a prime example. You know, Leash player pulled him down, and it, it, it was probably the best example of a cynical foul. Yeah. But let's say a ball is dropping down, I go to get it, Ken McGrath runs past me and I trip him up. Well, by the letter of the law, I was going for the ball, but I did trip him up and now it's a penalty. And I think that's where people are also a little bit kind of, okay, are we going to go down the road now of, you know, cutting hairs or splitting well, hairs cyni- to go? Cynical would be on, on purpose. So accidental yeah. would, you know, make, yeah. make it not cynical. But it doesn't you know? refer to cynical fouling within the rules. So yeah, yeah. you're kind of saying that it's not just cynical foul. Not that you're saying that, you're hoping that referees will interpret it as it's the cynical foul. But... Are, you know, yeah, six yeah. months down the line, a year down the line, are we going to look and say, well, actually, the rule says if it's a trip. So if it's an accidental trip or if a hurl gets caught between someone's legs, that's what I'm wondering. Are we going to go down that route? If it says cynical fouling, 100%, we've we've made the reference to it and, we're, and you know, everyone understands it. But it doesn't say it. So we're kind of in the grey area now of will people start pleading for him now if, if it's a trip? Well, it's a trip. It says nothing about cynical fouling in the rules. Yeah, what what I what I don't like about it is the one I completely agree on. Prunty is that was a yeah, like it was accidental, so it probably wasn't cynical. But I'll have a look at that, uh, Paul. But Jared Walsh is on Shanahan. That was a cynical foul. That was a pull down, right? Mm. But the reason that wasn't given as the penalty and the sin bin is because there was another player inside. So Ken, the referee would have said yeah. this this was yeah. this wasn't yeah. a goal. It has to stop a clear goal scoring opportunity now. That that was yeah, never the case. For, yeah, how do you yeah. judge that? And that was never the case for a but penalty. How, like, I mean, if, if it's a foul no, in the area, it's a no. foul in the area. There might yeah. not even be a goal on it. You just fouled him in the area. Like, yeah. a, exactly. Um, but was Rory O'Connor last man? Was was that the last defender as well? He was. Yeah, clear was, was the last. No, uh, he was. He was. Yeah, he he, he just yeah he Roy. dived at him. But you even look at there's you know there's examples yeah. there as well of you know we're talking of clear clear goal scoring opportunities. We played Cork in 2019, and Patrick Horgan scored three goals that day. And I don't think any of the goals. Um, were, 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 yeah, was it a clear-cut opportunity? No, he was just good enough to get yeah. the ball, take on two or three fellas yeah. and stick the ball in the net. And, you know, I, I remember I think it was one of his last goals, he caught a ball over Hugh Lawler and I think Joey Holden was standing there at the same time or Paddy Deegan or someone. If you if Hugh Lawler, let's say I put the, the rule at the moment now into that, if Hugh Lawler pulled him down there, it's not a clear goal-scoring opportunity because there's another defender back. But Patrick Horgan's a good enough player to go and stick that ball in the net. So how yeah. do we define, is it just literally yeah, the circumstance... Like yeah, go yeah, on that's, I think that's that's great. It's not soccer, lads. It, it, it is like clear going score and chance in soccer is one on one with the keeper, maybe or past the last defender. This is horrible. You hit a ball from thirty yards. 
Yeah. Three yeah. Four yeah. different defenders. And, and you, if you have a gap of a metre there, and you're a decent hurler, you're a good forward like Patrick Horgan, that's that's a great chance for you. That's a clear going chance for him. Yeah. If there's three defenders in front of him, if he have that metre to the, the post, that's a goal. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know where some of his decisions are, are coming from or how he going to define that because uh, a good forward, uh, he don't need that space. He'd have 10 defenders in, in, in front of him and if that gap is there, it's a goal-scoring chance, you know? That's the thing. Like, I mean, uh, the, the rule is if a player with a goal-scoring opportunity either inside the 20-metre line or the semi-circle arc that extends from the 20-metre line is pulled down, tripped or struck with a hurley in a careless manner, then a penalty will be ro- awarded and the yellow card. You're right, it doesn't say anything about doesn't cynical. Say, yeah. It doesn't say anything about careless. deliberate. Yeah. yeah, so careless, I suppose. Yeah. Listen, it is a difficult one. It definitely is a difficult one. I thought that... Um, you know, Jared uh, Walsh's one and Shanahan, that probably would have been one. But anyways, listen, that's for referees um, to worry about. Here's another right. one, uh, Paul, I wanted to ask about you. And it, this is Limerick's diagonal ball into the forwards. Now, it didn't yeah. work too well for him the other night. It, it, Seamus Flanagan had worked a few early on. Yeah. But Seamus Flanagan was on this show early, uh, just before Christmas and he was just blatantly like, you know, is admitting, you know, when Dermot Burns gets it, we're, we're looking in the other corner. And yeah. when Kyle Hayes gets it, we're looking in the other corner. And he, he actually goes into warm up with these players before like everybody knew this it's mm. not like Seamus was revealing anything yeah. mm. but in the warm up he'll practice with either one or the other and you yeah. know just practice like as a corner back like can you read these now in year three of Limerick doing this or is, is the movement inside so so good that for some reason defenders can't yeah the, what, what, well, what Limerick are good at and they've actually I'm not going to say they invented it but certainly something that they do um, so they, they'll pull in around the, the 16 yard box let's say or 14 yard box whatever you want to call it and they'll all pull together and they'll just break from there so what you have now is acres of space all around they won't stand in the 13, 14, 15 they'll just stand pulling together and they all look completely disinterested in the ball they're not looking but what they know once a half back gets it then they can break and two might break right one might break left and that's what they do right. um, we, we, we played them in Turles there a few years ago and it was the first time I encountered it and if you're know, if you remarking Graham Mulcahy and he runs like you, you can't outrun Graham Mulcahy the best you can do is match him for pace same with Seamus Flanagan Peter Casey they're fast players Aaron Galland they're all the same so as long as they get a yard or two ahead of you they're going, and that's all they need now the other side of it is what we found also worked um, even let's say 2019 was that we just stood on the outside so if these players on the outside bring in, of the bunch just stand on the outside of the bunch yeah. don't get dragged in because let's say if you're following Peter Casey and Peter Casey is on the right and he's breaks left and you now have run across and now you're suddenly Aaron Galan has come across in front of you whereas exactly. if you just stay right Aaron Galan goes right you go right or two lads go right and then suddenly now you're now out in front because if you're reacting to them it's very hard they're all very fast players you know so I mean one thing I found was 2019 uh, semi-final I was on Peter Casey and you know it, it was brilliant and I really admired him for it but I, I'd watched the games prior to it and I was looking at how was he breaking for the ball and he would do a great impression of just basically walking like he doesn't care where the ball is was, and he's gone then he just runs but I suppose if I hadn't looked at him before the match I would have just went oh he's not interested in the ball but, when, switch off, but yeah. the whole time I was standing there I was going this fella's about to break and he's going to go 90 <laughs> miles an hour and all I need to do is just yeah. get there and get the flick but even at that yeah. even being that prepared it's still actually very hard because if you're in a foot race with Seamus Flanagan it's like being in a foot race with Shamie Callanan or, or Joe Canning or whoever yeah. it's you know once they get there you're still dealing with a man who's 6 foot 1 or whatever and strong person like they're going to get the ball in the hand straight away so all they want is the yard so it does still work for them and I think Seamus Flanagan is saying it straight out because he knows that if he breaks very few defenders will still compete with him mm. What do you think Ken? 
yeah, it's it's it's, it's so hard to deal with that. Um, I know Paul was saying oh, like even when they come into the centre and they bunch and break and it's picking up that they say the certain side you're going to. But that's that is hard to defend, Paul, isn't it? Like you know because yeah. you you lose him for a meter and he's gone. And then that's when the, the quality of our hurling comes in. Like you saw Jamie Flanagan, he only gets the same point every time um, out on, on the, say, the right corner forward, ball in front, um, cross off, off the left, uh, off, off the back foot, off the left. He only gets the same point every time. Yeah. I think even if he gets it, and there's where I, I find some defenders can be a bit naive there. Yeah, you, you have to really shepherd him out to the right yeah. uh, and take our chances on that. I, I think leaving him come back in to the left. And I think the defenders are too... Uh, slow and reacting that way to Jamie Flanagan especially because he comes back into the left wing every time and it's off the back foot and the striking is, is super and I think he had a great second half of last season uh, he, he seems to be full of confidence you know the consistency in his striking and his movement but it all comes from that diagonal ball and the, the thing you'd have to kind of like who you'd have to praise in all that would be Kyle Hayes and Dermot Burns because their quality of ball is so good into him and it's how you stop that as well before it goes in would probably get you more success. But Limerick, are, I think, as you said, Colin and Paul, were saying three years into playing a certain way, you, you, you would be hoping, uh, especially with what the modern techniques and the modern things that the teams have available to them with video analysis and everything, they can pinpoint how this is happening and try and try and come up with something a bit different to what the teams are doing because... To leave them out in front of you, get the ball, you're, you're, you're finished really, you know, because, and the one thing Limerick, they don't do as much, and if they did bring it into the game, if they get runners straight through the middle of Shamey Flanagan there, there's goal chances on, you know, uh, and they don't do that as much as probably, as they could, and they bring that into the game, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. we all know that, they're going to take stopping, but if they bring that into us, Jesus, uh, yeah, and, it's, and, and it's a defender. they don't have to, like you're saying, Ken. They don't like at the moment. Seamus Flanagan breaks out, he gets the ball, he has one look, and he has a chance to strike it. But like you said, if he decides, okay, Ronan Mars on my back here, and he turns back, you now have Garrod Hegarty, Kyle Hayes. He's as barreling through the centre yeah. because they also have the space now created by them yeah. stepping out of the half forward line, and now they're sprinting back through. And you see, like Garrod Hegarty, you're not yeah. going to stop these lads either. Yeah. So they have no. the two options of if you're right up on him, and he decides, right, I'm not going for the score. He turns back out, and now we have Tom Morrissey and these lads coming sprinting through into that space. So it's a kind of a win-win in many ways. And I saw a small bit of tip yesterday, especially with the puckouts, actually sitting right back. The only way to actually counteract it is get the half-back line, don't go out to the 65, pull it back, midfield, pull back, half-back line, pull back. It's not playing sweep or anything. It's just blocking out that space where they can actually pop that ball into. Everyone move back a line, bar the yeah. full-back line. Yeah, But I'm, I'm really interested in this, though, Paul. Like, I mean, I can imagine you as a full-back line with Kenny just going, right, this is what they do. And you're talking amongst each other and you're talking it out, you know, just, just yeah. with the management or whatever. Like, if you stand on the outside of them, right? Yeah. So, say you're Mark and Graham Mulcahy. Yeah, so, you stand on the outside and say, listen, it's with Barry Nash, left half back, it's coming this side. Yeah. But then Graham Mulcahy will sprint towards Nash, potentially, and get one. Yeah. Like, do you need to pawn... You need to pawn Mulcahy off to the fellow who's standing on the outside. The other, you, you actually yeah. don't man mark your man. You, no, you're no. almost zonally picking up whoever breaks out towards you. Is that yeah, it? yeah. I, well, like one, one, of the, one of the times I found it worked really well was in the second half against Cork in 2019. Um, there was one or two balls that flew around. I, I, I can't remember who I was on. I think I might have been on Seamus Harnady at the time. And um, there was a mix up in balls between myself and Joy Holden. Both of us were actually out in the half back line at this stage. I was following, I think, Seamus Harnady at the time mm-hmm. or Conor Lee Han or someone. And there was a little break in play and I ran over to Joey Holden and said, what did you say there? And he said, listen, they're just breaking left and right and creating space. I'll go left, you stay right. Yeah. And so in grand, the next ball that came down, both of the Cork players broke left and Joey went left and I stayed right. And what happened was, if I had gone right, that ball would have just cruised into the corner forward. But it, it now turned out to be a ball that was just poked straight into my hand. So that's what basically 
I think teams are starting to see that will yeah. work and it's the way to counteract it then is that but again at the same time it's still a fine line because if you stay right and two players go left and you have yeah. one lad on two players now and Key Lynch has the ball in his hand and he has to pick between Gerard Hegarty or Tom Morrissey one on one with a player or two on one should I say it, that's that's also the line you're running there because yeah. you're going if if that other player gets the head up and doesn't actually just strike the ball into space well now he's just going to pick out one player and it's a two on one situation but that, that's, the, that's obviously yeah. the danger of it but the, the whole idea of this movement Ken is to be dragging lads out of their positions where they don't want to be whereas if you just stay in your positions and let them run around <laughs> someone will end up running towards you like oh, it. yeah yeah it's what, it's what you're told as well. it's what you kind of naturally do and it's what you're told from a very young age to move as a forward and yeah you have to move to create space move to get on ball and Anytime you're having a kind of lull in your career or or bad bad few weeks, I remember as a forward, it was lack of movement, and as the movement and, and the work rate, we get you on that ball. And Kenny, I'll be honest, we're always good at doing this. Uh, the half back line, you had Tommy, Brian Hogan, and JJ. They never really followed the runners either. A lot of teams was to break that half back line dominance, and you'd have centre forwards, wing forwards, all crisscrossing. The lads are just leaving come over. You know, I know it's an easier probably. Uh, job to do with the half back line than it is in the full forward line because the risk wouldn't be as there as it is in the full forward line but that's what JJ and Tommy do and the lads leave the half forward come over and you're on a, you're on a move and start with them then if you know what I mean you're not, you're not going to stand and still and trying to go to catch them you're getting them on the move and, you're, and that's why you can defend them because Kenny we're always good at doing that and look the movement is everything in the game it's everything uh, and, and it always will be and that's where uh Limerick at the moment are so good at doing it. If you think even on Saturday you're missing Galan, missing uh, missing uh, Mulcahy, you know, missing Key Lynch when he came on the second half, and they're they're probably three, uh, especially Galan and 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 Key Lynch, two of your best forwards. Garrett Hegarty came on as well, and there's some machine, and every one of them are, are sticking to exactly what they have to do. But the discipline, I think, as a as a especially in the full back line of having to do what Paul is saying there, that is huge. If you switch off at all. Even for if you switch off twice in a seventy-minute game, uh, that, that the game could be over, you know. So it it is it is a very risky, but yeah, it's the only way of probably com- combating it, you know. Yeah, probably is. Come on, what about Kieran Kieran Doyle's point, lads? This fella thought he's playing rounders. Uh, Some score. Some score. <laughs> that was brilliant. It was brilliant to see it. But you know, there was there was lots of things. Obviously, I think it was David Lennon popped the ball out to him, um, and I saw a few lads saying, "God, why don't we see more of this?" Well, probably don't see more of it because the ball the ball that was popped out to him was a nice lobbing ball, like you throw it up for yourself. Some hand passes at the moment, obviously. Are fairly Trun with a fair bit of speed behind yeah. him, and he can't do it. But you know, everything sat up nicely for him. But it also, I mean, that's not to take away from it. It was just great skill. It was great instinct as well that he just said, "Right, going to strike this one over the bar." Great balance out of him as well. But uh, it was great. It just seemed to be that he was just nice and relaxed. Ball popped out, slap it over the bar, and he just ran away from it. The main thing is run away from a point when you know it's going over <laughs> like that. It just makes it look a bit better. But uh, no, it was great. Great bit of skill. Yeah, I, I had in my head you did something like that in the 2002 Munster final, Ken. Something on those on those. Lines of whacking over uh, a ball, no, no, up. yeah, not, not not as good as that. Neil Collum, I, um, I think Shane's kind of got caught a ball and he hand passed up. Yeah, I just picked it up off the hurley and put it over without catching it. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I, I would do that no problem back then. I just loved doing that. It was kind of a it was a faster way of doing it. If you pick it up the yeah. right way, it, it, was, it was basically a point, you know. But uh, no, it was some score, uh, like the, the catch so sweetly. The stuff you're probably trying and training, that's where some of the games could be a bit over this weekend there are people trying things that you normally might not always try you know so uh, it was a brilliant score and he caught it lovely I, I got a couple over in Gaelic Park there a good few years ago and I got two points like it and back then and you were you could have been even over the same weekend I remember you were playing a game over and 
back then Gaelic Park was dangerous enough remember so I remember <laughs> that I got two points on the volley and I decided to stop doing that now in the second half <laughs> is that where I you, wanted to enjoy the rest of me, I wanted to enjoy the rest of me break over that <laughs> is that where you lost the teeth <laughs> no Jesus that wasn't valid slow but uh, no I, said, I, I remember the ball if it, pop up, if it pops up like that to you I'll be honest at times your, your natural instinct kicks in and it, it could be it's probably the easiest thing to do now that was some score don't get me wrong because that was so far out and you had to curl it with the leftover probably the wrong uh, direction for a curl as well so it was, it was a brilliant brilliant score you know and, and j- just to finish up on it the, the great thing about the score was if he caught that there was a man going to bottle him up yeah. so like it actually it was it was, it was was an element of showboating but also yeah. the practical oh, thing to do yeah, yeah. Oh, it served oh. its purpose completely yeah yeah exactly so fair play no, to Kieran exactly. go on Ken yeah no, exactly. Sometimes it might look, oh, that was crazy. No, it was the right thing to do because it popped up so nice to him and he would have been hooked or blocked or, or crowded out, you know. So, no, it was, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Great. Fair play to Kieran Dodd for that. Right, we'll come back and we'll have a look at one or two of the matches. After the match with uh, you know with Marcy Morrissey and the Marcy squad, and you know the big the big thing for me yesterday with Clare versus Galway was hang on, did you ask permission to do the Marcy squad there? Well, uh, well, I well I didn't I didn't, but I was only a special guest. Last Thursday, you asked me the same question when I started bubbles, and I said yesterday on the Marcy squad says yes, I would have started bubbles for that game yesterday. That was the first I heard of Johnny Green coming back with the Galway squad. You know, I was, t- I was asked just in the Marty squad. Here, Damien, are you getting paid for Marty squad jokes on our show here? <laughs> That's three. Wait, no, I do, I, do, I, I do that completely voluntary. <laughs> <laughs> he hits it, he hits it, it's over the bar! Oh, holy Moses! What a Move away from the mess in there, lads, right? We have a serious show to do here, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we went way over time on that last section. So we're going to do performance of the weekend and we'll talk about the matches all in the same uh, slot. So first um, nomination for performance of the weekend was Mossy Kion. Uh, Kyohan, yeah, the commentator on Air Sport was calling him. I don't know, is Kion surely, is it? <laughs> yeah, Kion. Mossy yeah. Kion, yeah, no, it's Kyohan. Brian yeah. Cody said after the game, he had a great game. He put the work in. He put the effort in. He was there winning balls. Um, you thought he was out on his feet, but he was gone again. He's one of those great, honest players. 1-4 is a huge contribution. 1-4 is a huge contribution, and he is one of those honest players, and he does look like he's wrecked half the time. Like, yeah. Frank Cody <laughs> just had a spot on there. Yeah, Mossy looks like he's wrecked the whole time. I don't know what he does, and if you actually see him in person, like he, he's, uh, he's a brilliant athlete, and he's just he's, he's cut from stone altogether. Obviously, Liam, his father, was a great cornerback for Kenny years ago, obviously, but uh, no, Mossy is, I don't know whether it's a game he's playing where he looks like he's out on his feet the whole time and he can just go for the 70 minutes no problem he took the goal really well which is brilliant to see as well um, he was kind of just popping up which is a great it's a, it's, it's a great um, characteristic to have in a forward he just seemed to pop up in these places these scrappy balls pop up get them over the bar back out and have a look around and he gets a few nice few kind of flicks and different things which obviously Brian will like but look the goal was great because he, he looked the two Dublin forward or two Dublin backs on him he kept going he had the chance probably to be fouled but he just pushed for the goal and was rewarded it'll do his confidence a nice bit of good probably wouldn't be a natural goal scorer he'd maybe say himself brilliant half forward great at getting points so yeah he was rewarded and it was a real it was a great performance out of him which he, he fully deserved well, What did you make of the game in general? It probably wasn't a five point win in the end it was fairly evenly contested until the last maybe ten minutes when Dublin pulled, yeah. or Kilkenny pulled away after that goal maybe Yeah even look Dublin 
took off Donal Burke as well so I mean that was probably the big thing they hit I think three wides from freeze after that which would have completely changed the complexity yeah. of the game really um, or the complexion of the game but um, no it wasn't and I don't think either team would be too concerned about it either Kilkenny just put the bit of, the, the, the bit of distance between them towards the end and just kept that which was good to see but obviously I think you look if, if Dublin had ha- tapped over them freeze it would have changed the whole setup. it probably wasn't a five point win it probably may, might have been a point win or a two point win really well, well, Donald Burke made a balls of rising one of them Ken didn't he, he <laughs> you don't often see that that would be like something I would no, do no. And and then you, he's right. Ronan Hayes missed one. Then then Sutcliffe tried one. And then they brought David Tracy on. Then when the game was over to, to take over the freeze, which kind of was a bit of a mess. Yeah. No, look, that's what happens. I, I'll be honest. As as we were saying early on, um, their pop, the teams have to kind of take this and be glorified uh, challenge games. They have to because championship is in seven weeks time. You know, and oh, I always when I was playing or involved in any teams. To me, a challenge game was always judged in the first 45, 50 minutes. After that, then you're just kind of petered out a bit, you know. Now, obviously, look, things are on telly. You have to be careful. You don't want to peter out too much. But uh, I'd always judge performance in a challenge game, especially what well, see how lads went in that 50 minutes. Because I, I, I always felt after that, it became a bit of a bit power skill and things were all over the place a bit, you know. So I think, uh, look, and, you, uh, and Paul would tell you, like, and, uh, Parallel Park is a tough place to go. Like, it, it's, it's tight. There's not much space up there, you know. And, it's a hard place to get a win and if you come out and score 120 it wasn't huge scoring for nowadays but it was still a great win for Kenny and they'd be happy enough to move on but as we said I think Bar a catastrophic defeat you're happy with the performance you know and that's what I think teams have to kind of go on that really JJ Delaney was doing the air um, punditry and he was talking about Kenny's short puckouts and a little bit of short style. He said it has Conor Phelan's stamp all over okay. it. What's the what's the insight there, Paul? I hadn't heard of Conor Phelan. He's I presume he's a coach in there. Yeah, yeah Conor. Conor used to hurl for Kenny a good few years oh, ago. Is that yeah, Conor yeah, yeah, that Conor Phelan. Yeah. So um, you know, I wouldn't know Conor's style that way now. JJ might know a small bit more. JJ would have hurled with him. I didn't hurl with Conor myself now. But um, look, I suppose the the, the short puckout, whether people like it or not, it has to be in the game at the moment because if you just keep pucking long balls down then other, the, op- the opposition will just set up and they'll just sit back because they know you're not going to hit sharp puckouts. You have to at least have the sharp puckout to draw, to make sure that okay, the full forward isn't going to stray too far back, or far away from the full back line. Likewise then, that's the knock-on. It's the domino effect. Yeah, the they're all so moving back they, a line. It's like what we're saying against Limerick um, that you have to sit back. Tipperary will want to sit back or whoever's playing will want to sit back. If you don't take sharp puckouts, teams will just sit back against you and they'll crowd it out. And now suddenly TJ Reid has 10 players around him. So you have to be good at the, not only take them, but you have to also be good at them so that the other team will go, I have to step up in them now because Hugh Lawler's going to get the ball. And Kilkenny probably yesterday was the best game, you know, day or we have played where they've used the sharp puckout and used it very effectively. And they were very calm also when they were using it. And I think actually reaped a few, you know, reaped a bit of rewards off using it. So, um, yeah, whatever Conor Phelan is doing, it's, it's, it's working. If it is Conor, it's implementing it, but it's working. And, it, yeah, it was a good kind of tool to rebel yesterday. Well, when you're getting that sharp puckout, though, right, as a cornerback, what if the man doesn't really run to you then? You know, like he stays kind of dropping off you. You're facing then what the goalkeeper was facing. Yeah, well, that, that's fair yeah, enough. Is that the game the, of cat and mouse that kind of goes on? Yeah, but the other side of it is then if, if the man stays off me and he goes grand, well, I'm now stepping up towards the 45. You're going to land it on the, on the edge of the box now at this age where the keeper is just too far away to actually do that. Right. Um, you'd also be looking for other players just to actually come looking for you. As the full back line, if you get the ball there... 
I think a full back is also very aware that listen I'm the last line defence here if I do drop it they want to make a good decision whereas if you drop it at half back or midfield well the ball is just out in a fray now but you might be dropping on the 21 if you're a full back so a full back line they want options first of all they want lads to come looking for the ball if a team is static and there's no options well now the full back line is just going to launch it on and you'll hear teams saying that in, in, their, in their preparation if you're in a dressing room teams will say look let the cornerbacks have it because generally and I'm happy to say it as a cornerback traditionally yeah. the cornerback probably isn't going to do a huge amount with it like, <laughs> and I have no problem saying that whereas if Ken McGrath gets it at centre back he's probably going to put it over the bar so usually teams will just say yeah let the cornerback have it it's not dangerous when it's there Yeah thankfully Ken it's never been said to me when I had the ball let him have it <laughs> I think it's one of the worst insults you could ever get on a field <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think when I was getting older, they were saying leave him have it. But look, I don't think I would find, and I, I this is where I, and I suppose look at the, uh, the cynical in me. I'd be saying, what, what? Every team is trying to play the same way here, you know. Um, I don't know if every team is comfortable in playing that way, but every to me, a lot of teams are trying to do the same thing: pass the ball to the cornerback pop a pass 30-40 metres out to the wing-back midfielder who comes along. But a lot of times the ball is going back, it's been static, it's going sideways, and you've lost that flow into the forward line where you are, where are you more, at your most dangerous, you know. So teams have to be careful. And that, that's where, I, I don't know, like, come the summer, there'll they'll be a team, I, I don't know who it will be, will come up with something different. And, and, and to be honest with you, that's a team that could affect the championship Look, at the moment, we all feel, I, I, I don't know if Paul feels the same, but I feel Limerick would be the famous for the championship. And they're, they're so used to playing a certain way. But I think some, a, a, a team will have to come up with something a bit different to try and, to try and match them and beat them. You know? And I think if everyone's playing the same way, it's going to start getting boring. You know? And I feel at times, you're passing that ball to a cornerback, you know where he's going to put it, you roughly know what's going to happen then. Uh, good defenders will know where that ball is going to go from there and good attacking half hours of midfielders will really stop that, you know. So I think, look, the game, the game. obviously teams will change their style. They have to because not everyone can do the same thing. I think that's probably one of the things I, I find watching rugby over the last few years. Nearly everyone's doing the same thing and at times you're kind of watching it and going, jeez, I'm kind of sick of this, you know. So maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, but I do take your point. Like, I mean, Limerick and Cork had Cork had a very distinctive style. Now Limerick get kind of that short hand pa- or short stick pass running game. Everyone is kind of doing it now. And I remember when Donegal won the All Ireland in football, Paul. Everybody played the defensive game. Yeah. I love when there's a clash of styles, yeah. especially talking on a Thursday, wondering you know what they're going to yeah. do to counteract each style. There, a lot of them are. There's very. There's a lot of similarities between uh, practically all of the teams now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's just a natural kind of, uh, not to get in all philosophical, now, but it's kind of an evolution in hurling, really. Like, if you look back um, in around, let's say, the late 2000s and the early 2000s, it was about big physical teams and teams hitting each other hard and all this. And then suddenly, kind of, Clare came in in 2013 and there were fast-moving players and people were saying, well, this is it. This is the new game. It's in and it, it won't change. Yeah. And then it kind of drifted back again where it went, you know, big physical teams came back, came back in and you had Galways and Limericks. It's just a kind of a thing, like Ken was saying, it's, it, it, it's one team will come along that will do something that will counteract the system and they'll win. And then every other team will go, well, actually, we should be doing that now because that's what's winning matches. Yeah. And then it'll just happen again. Someone will go, actually, do you know what we have to yeah, do here? Yeah. We have to do something to counteract this. And it just seems to come along because like, the one thing, no one will ever, no one style is ever just going to be, that's it. They figured it out and it's done someone will counteract that and then it'll go oh actually now it's gone this way again so I think if we're sitting here in 10 years time we'll have seen a few different styles and someone Ken is right someone will come along and they'll do something different and they'll possibly win in All-Ireland or have just have great effectiveness of it on the pitch and get good results 
and teams will look at it and go, Jez, do you know what? We actually have to do that as well. Like the sweeper is the same. Some teams adopted it because it was working for some teams, but then some teams didn't. So I think generally you will just see an evolution of, you know, teams will bring something in. At the moment, it's short, it's precise passing. To be honest, I think that will stay in the game because if you can stick a ball to a lad's hand and hold possession, um, you hear the traditionalists give out that, oh, there's no one pulling on balls anymore. Yeah, because the ball will probably go anywhere. Okay, we saw Kieran Doyle's point, that's an exception. But we just see these things creeping through games where, look, a team will come along, they'll counteract it, and everyone will think that's going to be the new game. Well, it won't be. It'll, it'll disappear after a while. Yeah, but even I think, as you said, Paul, I think that, that the top 30 or 40 yard pass at pace goes forward. I think it's lovely. I think it's yeah. lovely to watch. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think, I think Cork got a goal in the first half. Yes, it was unreal. Yeah, it yeah. was moving at pace, all moving forward. To me, that's, that's lovely, Horace. That's actually, you'd be trying to implement that in your drills or different things, or young lads getting the ball in the hand, moving at pace, moving forward. Like, I, I wouldn't, like, and I'm, you know, I'm finished, well, I'm finished 11, 11, 10, 11 years now. Oh, Bryce, I would think that's lovely hurling to watch, you know. So uh, I, I think that, they, look, as, as Paul said, every team will, will evolve to a certain style. And I think that's what probably will need to happen. Uh, I think it'll need to happen this summer by one or two teams to, to put it up and match, uh, match Limerick, you know. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you'd like to see a bit of a variation. The running game is nice, but both teams playing a running game, like even for me watching it, I'd be like, come on, just stick one down. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. stick one down there into the melting pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I'm the same in football. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist. I, yeah. I, I, I think a good long ball in football, like, you know, yeah. into Donaghy, a layoff. I like that old kind of, yeah. old fa- call it old fashioned now, but that's yeah. the way I kind of, I like to watch and I'd be shouting for it sometimes, um, even in the football. Austin Gleeson, um, Ken, geez, he, he, he was up to all his tricks yesterday. There was a lovely little pickup followed by a pint. He took a lovely sideline to McNulty for a pint, a beautiful crossfield ball to the edge of the D to Callum Lyons um, I think he missed it he didn't have a great day at the office he got five from play um, yeah. geez, he's following on from last year which is great news for Waterford No exactly and I think look we can't uh, underestimate say his performance in the, in the semi-final last year against the especially in the second half his performance in the final he's probably Waterford's best player in the Ireland final and I think unbeknownst himself probably and, and Deep down, I think the 2017 final probably affected him. He, he was he was probably dis- he was obviously disappointed with that. He didn't go his way. Uh, it, it wasn't his best performance in that final, and that I think affected him maybe for a year or two. And it, but I think last year he got he had grown confidence from his performances in the last couple of games of them massive matches. You know, I think, I think he's had a growing on and, and building on from that. I see him up on Mount Sinai there. He's he trained away himself. He's in good shape still. Uh, he's in, he's in great shape. You see the work he's putting in on his own and out the pitch, you know. So I think he's in a good, in a good place at the moment, and we need him because look, he's a marquee forward for us. He's a marquee player. He can play anywhere really, and we need, we'd need him getting his five six points and play, uh, being involved in a lot of stuff. His work rate was huge yesterday as well. So we 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 do need that because outside of himself and Stephen Bennett, have we the unbelievable forwards? To, um, and I think that's where we'll have to probably unearth one or two more to, uh, to go at it hard again this year and really build on from where we were last year, you know. But his performance was, was class. And look, he, 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 there's no better striker of all than him. And when he's when he's clued in and when he's tuned in, uh, he, he's a fantastic player. As I said, I think he's in a good place. And you, I remember finishing different years and Paul would tell you on, after playing well, you, 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 can't, you can't wait for the following year. And it was, only, it was only five, six months ago. It wasn't like it was 12 months ago, you know, lad. Yeah. So, I think he's a, he's in a good place, and but we do need him. Uh, be such a such a big player. He's such a kind of talisman when he plays well. The team plays well, you know. So uh, look, it, uh, it he need to grow on it. It need to build on it. it it's only the first game, but 
it, it was a good start for him in all fairness yeah. yeah it definitely was one thing Ken about Waterford and uh, listen we're reading nothing into these games because like we said it's the first game of the year it's a pre-season game pretty much but you would only have been missing Desi Hutchinson Kevin Moran and Jamie Barron yesterday you know you probably would have been yeah. at more full strength than a lot of the teams that took the field yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I, I'd say, I'd be honest, and that's what we got from, I suppose, Lean's team last year was their, their, their effort, their, their, their discipline, their, their whole hunger, uh, their, their, just their pure desire to win matches, um, was brilliant. And you mightn't have that so far yet with only two and a half weeks done, no matter what you've done individually, you know. So, uh, I, I think we will see a different offer come the championship. And I think it's, it's, uh, I think yesterday's uh, match was probably more important for Cork. Uh, I think they had to perform well down in Parky Keeve. They had to perform to, to show that, look, the, the last couple of years, that that's behind them, that they had to build on it, you know. You've done O'Grady back in with Cork. So I think yesterday's performance was was more important for Cork. Uh, for us, I think you will see gradual improvement every week. And I think you won't see the proper, the full uh, extent of... Uh, a lean tile team again until the summer, you know. So uh, I, I think for that kind of team, we have to play uh, on the edge the whole time. I think we always play with that pure desire and work, and I think that's what got us through a lot of last year with the likes of um, Hutchison, <coughs> uh, Austin, finish with our scores, you know. So it's a uh, look. I, I think I wouldn't worry at all about us. Uh, I think the last few goals, as we said, were was like the end of a, the end of the match, and as you said players are best and players were on the last legs. Cork were arguably the most impressive team. Alantrim probably the most impressive mm. team. After that, then Cork, because other than maybe a spell in the second half where Waterford got it back to six points, Cork were very impressive. Were they, Paul? And like I mean, yeah. I saw the Rock uh, interviewed afterwards, and he says every league game is hugely important for us. We're not lucky enough to be in a position where we've been challenging for titles the last couple of years, so every game is important to us. He's repeated it. Every yeah, game is important. Yeah. Like that's not the that's not what we're hearing from Brian Cody, Matty mm. Kenny. You know, they're all like it's great to get back out. We're you know we're not reading too much into it. The Rock is saying, and you could kind of see that with Cork, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and it seems to be something they're obviously saying in the dressing room that if 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 the Rock is saying that, um, it's obviously something they're drilling into the lads in the dressing room. And yeah. you know, Ken was even saying it there that, like, it, it probably it probably wasn't hugely important to Waterford yesterday to go out, and it wasn't because they've you know they got to an All Ireland final last year. Um, you know, they've seen a lot of their players. They're in a good position. Whereas the likes of Cork, I suppose, are probably disappointed over maybe the last few years in terms of different results and how they've been playing. So they'd be looking at the league and targeting the league to get to put together. Uh, several performances and really compete and really I suppose show that they can not just turn it on for one match and turn it off for another match they wanted to really to go well they were looking sharp and but I think uh, you know you always play Cork teams regardless of the time of the year their touch always kind of seems to be in and they seem to play a nice brand of hurling and they look very sharp so like yesterday once or once you saw the space opened up and they started to move the ball around. That's what Cork love doing. They love moving the ball. They'll find the players. They'll they'll move it around you. And once it opens up a small bit, and you know Waterford was standing back off them. That suited Cork perfectly. And they moved the ball around, which they're brilliant at doing. So they did look well. And you know it's not to take away from them. They, they looked well. They were moving well. Um, and look, it's it's at the same time it, it's it's no mean feat to put up that score against against Waterford at the moment. No, either. definitely not. Although the goals were raining in towards yeah. the end. Dar- Dara Fitzgibbon yeah. Ken was like he's another one down for performance of the weekend, and he had Billy Hennessy partnering in midfield, pretty much a new look midfield. And Fitzgibbon makes them tick really. Yeah, look, Fitzgibbon is a great bit of stuff. I, I think there's great potential in the car team. I think we've seen that with some very good Orange Bond teams over the last few years, and Tip um, Bedham in the two finals. Um, Liam Talbot was over the two teams actually a bit uh, Corker but there were some very very classy players there 
They have a lot of potential, a lot of pace, a lot of good forwards, you know, and you can't underestimate uh, a good natural forward. And, and Cork always have that. Whether, and that's where I kind of, as The Rock was saying, like every game is so important to show that they have that steel. And, and I think that's what at times, you, you, I don't want to say not question Cork, but you might say, have they got the steel, like, to really uh, to keep going to, to go at teams when, when when the game might be going against them because look let's not forget in 2018 was it there were was it seven points up against Limerick with seven or eight minutes to go in the hour and semi-final yeah. um, that game should be now a sight really Limerick came back got the extra time and uh, and drove on then and Limerick happened to look back you know so uh, Cork went the opposite way but they are still a bit of quality you saw came on there Fitzgibbon or, or um uh, what's his name it's Kingston Shane Kingston yeah. like the, the pace of him the power of him I, I'd raise him as well now I think he's good with stuff I think he definitely have something to offer uh, he comes on and it could, that could be a really nice role for him coming on with 10-15 minutes to go because he'll destroy a team he'll take you apart you know so they have they have great potential uh, but just if Fitzgibbon does make him take mid- midfield uh, he's a great man for a score he get three or four points out on the left hand of, of midfield he can tap them over in 70-80 yards you know so uh, look they, they, they'll feel happy after after Sunday and you can only get confidence from a result like that you know uh, 5-22 in your first game uh, is, no, is no mean feat because we, we didn't give up too many scores last year you know, but uh, no, it's a, it's, it's a great start for him. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, the Kingston goal changed it because that's when Waterford had just looked like they were maybe mounting a comeback and that mm. goal just ended it then and then it turned into a bit of a, a mess. Ken made the point of Mark and Kingston. Imagine 60 minutes in and yeah. now I wouldn't say he get on too well with the outlet if he's an impact sub, but <laughs> like, I mean, you, oh, you would hate like Aaron Connolly coming on. Yeah. They have great forward. Like, there's no doubt they have great, uh, they have great forwards coming in there. Yeah, yeah. It's probably I, not what they need though, is it maybe? Or? Well, it's hard to know. I mean, I think a big point for them is that that we're not sitting here talking about Patrick Horgan like you know the fact yeah. that the other lads around performed um, and they do have the players there, there's no doubt about it they absolutely have the players and it's it's going back to what we're saying that they're just looking to get a bit of steel into it and keep putting performances back to back I, I've any Cork team I've seen over the years I wouldn't doubt you know the, the calibre of players they have I suppose it's just a matter of figuring out what they're about and what they're going to do and what they're going to bring to a championship and really just to say look we're going into a Munster championship here against the likes of the All-Ireland champions of Limerick we're going to be playing the likes of Tipperary and these if we want to go and win it we're going to have to beat these teams 5-22 look they can only play what's in front of them they got the goals and there's lots of teams out there crying out saying we can't find goals as well so the fact yeah. that they went out and played against a good Waterford backline <coughs> and knocked in five goals First match, you know, they'll be very happy with that. And like that, Kingston came on, he didn't slouch around, he went and grabbed the ball and stuck it in the back of the net and really opened the floodgates, really, from that stage. Yeah. So uh, I think a great indication is look, we're not sitting here talking about Patrick Horgan, we're talking about the players around him. And that as well will, will suit Patrick Horgan that he can go off and hurl his game because there's defenders now going to be looking at who's coming on, who's playing where. Seamus Harnady, he, he hit one wide kind of in the first half there, went back, got a ball back into the same position and put it back over the bar. So the likes of that, it's fairly encouraging. So, no, it's a good start for Watford. And um, look, they're heading in the right direction. And I really like to see Watford, I suppose, doing well and being very competitive and not, I suppose, turning up to a game and being... I suppose here and afterwards that we we felt we didn't perform. When yeah. Cork performed, they can, they're capable of beating anyone. They're still probably looking for that bit of aggression. Can I look again? It's the first game. I have to keep qualifying this. But like you've Robbie O'Flynn, you've Luke Mead, you've yeah. uh, Seamus Harnady on the half forward line. Like they really they need a mad thing like Niall McCarthy that you used to mark <laughs> at centre forward. Like they need somebody like that, don't they? I still broke up at the mountain him guy. <laughs> <laughs> he no, was no, he was no, a mad no, thing, no. was he? No, he, I tell you, he's a great bit of stuff. He was, yeah. uh, 
he was raw, but he was honest and uh, just decent fella. We'd have a go too. Was we were like at the moment we were like Martin each other, we're button up each other for the whole game. But he's great for the stuff. But it was it was a player you you, uh, you had to be up for to mark because uh, as I said he was aggressive. He'd been his own ball. He laid off. Uh, there was no airs of grace about him. He just wanted to work for the team, you know. And look, uh, and that's what probably Cork maybe are lacking, as you say. And it's a great point, Colin, because to have that big ram raiding centre forward or someone that's going to cause chaos there, you know. Uh, it, it, it'd be vital for him, you know, because at, at times you it can you can do all the hurling, but you just need that. Like Kenny had it over the years, John Hine, you had Martin Comfort. Now Martin Comfort was a lot more stylish than John Hine, but I marked John Hine before, and a big strong man could do, just win the ball and lay it off to the lads who would score. And if they, they're hard to find, they are hard to find, and we're probably no Warford is no different either. We're we're saying as a while if we had that big we Montgomery played last year, but he's not that real aggressive uh, wing forward yeah. centre forward you know uh, we, like you know so yeah, it, it's hard hard to find and they're, <laughs> as Paul was saying every every team would love one of them you know and Limerick have it in, in Garrod Hegarty yes no, don't get me wrong he's hurling his top class but when he started first he was more of a athletic he more of a ball winner and he's developed his game as as he as he's developed over the last few years with his confidence and but it's like every team needs that you know uh, but I would, I would rate Cork. I, I think they will have a, a, a bit to play in the championship. I really do. Um, I, I think on their day, and, and that Cork cockiness kind of comes in. They're, they're hard to stop. They're, they're hard to stop, you know, because they have hurlers. And look, in all fairness, every team have the hurling. The skill level of the teams now is massive. It's unreal. Uh, but Cork seem to have, when they're on their day, uh, as I said, there's something about the Cork team and from that jersey that they have a different style, but things are going well. And, uh, they could be dangerous. I, I, they're down for my little kind of dark horse, to be honest with you. I, w- I was reading a stat that only four of their players on the panel are over 25. I couldn't believe that because obviously Christopher Joyce is gone. Yes. Bill Cooper, I don't know, has he gotten rid of or is he around or what's his story this year? Uh, Aidan Walsh was gotten rid of. Conor Lee Han was gotten rid of. It, I think something like that, Paul, I'm sure sends a message to everybody. And like Cody was great at that. Nobody's safe on the team. Somebody's going to go. Like, so lads that were maybe going through the motions go, geez, I could find myself off the panel here. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's something that if you, if you are planning doing it it's you know it, it, I wouldn't overuse it either because you're going to be firing players out the door there to make an example and now suddenly you have no one in front of you but, um, <laughs> well you've just, just got under 21's minors coming in Cody could do he got rid of Charlie Carter for God's sake <laughs> yeah look it's it's something maybe maybe that has had the effect maybe that's the effect they were looking for I don't know there obviously has been a shake up um, you know obviously a lot of thought has been put into this as well but yeah. probably look it's probably freed up a few more spaces that maybe lads are looking on going look well, if Connerly Han isn't there or Aidan Welch isn't there okay maybe I have a chance and now you suddenly have three lads running for a jersey because they, now maybe that's the encouragement they needed um, yeah it's a tricky one to try and to try and play with if that's what you're trying to do it, it, it can backfire on you as well because you're going to send players out the door that are top quality players and potentially are just going through a bad phase but whatever you look, know, whatever they're doing at the moment it's it's great to see how they're hurling um, like Ken was saying it'd be great to see him going well and like the, the, the Bet Limerick um, in 2000 was it 2019 down below in the Gaelic grounds um, they're like when they get a run on you they're capable of doing serious things and when they turn up if you're not ready for them when they turn up on the day you know Cork will get their backs up they'll go up ahead by two or three points and now suddenly it's running away from you and they love that that's when they actually put the bit between their teeth some pe- some teams don't like having the lead they kind of nearly crumble under it right. Cork if anything they flourish under it so if they can get that lead and go at it they seem to really just love it um, so that's where they I think they'll be looking to get and it sounds 
silly to say it. Why wouldn't every team like to do it? But Cork really relish being out there to get the to get the backs up. And then it's nearly going back to what we're saying about Neil McCarthy. They'll get in your face then. In 2013, when we played them, uh, they went ahead by a few points. Henry was sent off and it was kind of coming towards the end of the match. And I remember, I think David Herity came out to take a free and I think it was Kingston or someone ran across and just slapped the ball away from Herity and a bit of divilment. But yeah, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't have seen that traditionally, but they had the backs up now and that's what they'll do. So look at, if they get that into their game, they're, they're a very dangerous team. That's the, t- that's the stereotypical cocky Cork player, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? But like, I mean, that, yeah. you know, by listening to Donal Logue, that's what he always kind of, and the, sure, he, the, whole, the story with him, Ken, was when you'd be marching around into parade, wouldn't he be, oh, we are Cork, or who was he doing that against? Is that against Kilkenny? Jeez, I, don't know. I think yeah. somebody was saying. <laughs> Kilkenny, I think, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, but that's it. Yeah, Wait, but ju- the- sorry, Ken. Just to finish up um, on Cork, Mark Coleman at six. I don't know. He, in my head, he's such a brilliant left half back. Is that is that the future position for him, or is that trying to fit a wing back as a centre back? Yeah, I, I think I think he's a natural wing back, a natural left half back. Because I think, to be honest, with you, in the modern game, um, to me, wing back is is probably a nice position on the pitch. Uh, you kind of have a free. A lot of a lot of teams you have a free license to roam. Uh, obviously, look, and that's where the difference is. Maybe. To, in our time, if if, if you were centre back or wing back, and a player got three, four points off you, you were playing bad no matter what you did. You know, where nowadays a player can get nicked two or three points off you, and if you get two or three points and hit a few balls in, you're actually playing a good game as well. So you have a lot of license there to hold. The wing backs are getting good balls, they're getting that pop pass, and if, if every one of the wing backs, it's, they're all they're all such stylish kind of hurlers now. Uh, they've left and right. They're they're, they're playmakers really. They're the lads that are making everything tick with the forward line. But I think Coleman, uh, if if Cork come back with, with with the confidence that they started yesterday, as we keep on saying it's only the first game and it's preseason and everything, but I, I think I still think Coleman will be back at wing back because uh, he offers that that attacking threat as well, where he can chip in with two or three points easily in a game. You know, so uh, look, I think to be honest with you, he's a natural horror at times when it, when I think he's he's so, he's so natural and so skillful. I'd really to shake him at times to say go at things a bit faster, or I I think he really takes really too much time on the ball. But that's because I think it's actually really coming too easy for him, you know. Uh, but I, I do think he's he's a top class player, and I would really rate him, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Kieran Bennett scored some sensational scores from the left half back position as well yeah. um, yesterday. Um, another Jason Ford was man of the match in the Tip Limerick game. It was very hard to find a performance of the weekend from that game. Jason Ford got twelve of the fourteen were from frees, and we know he's a good free taker. One of his points from play was a beautiful one um, on the run. Seamus Flanagan in that game in the first half was excellent. Uh, Ken Keelan Malloy, three points from play, midfield partner of of Neil McManus. He's only twenty two. He looked like a real bit of fire in his belly type player. Yeah, yeah, great, 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 great scores. Uh, I said Antrimber played very well and played some great hurling. Uh, the two wing forwards grabbed some great balls, won some dirty ball and won some good frees. They were up for it. It was a huge game for Antrim, uh, Clare coming up, you know. So uh, they were up for it. But the one thing I was impressed with them and I was impressed last year with them is, is, their, is, is the way they played or their kind of style of hurling. Every one of them can hurl and, and hurl at pace. And they don't... Like some teams can come up and you kind of go, they're going to be caught with pace. They're, they're, they're not as fast with their strike, with their movement, with what they have. But the Antrim seem to be up to speed fairly, fairly fast, you know. And look, it, there's no, you never get an easy game up there. Let's be honest about it. Any of the home, any of the teams at home is an advantage, obviously. But going up there is a tough place. Obviously, there's no crowd there, but they seemed up for it. The lads in the stand seemed up for it. And that's what you want. Antrim need that. They need it to start well, you know. But 
know some great scores, all, all, a lot of movement. Uh, they weren't afraid to strike. They got some brilliant scores. Like my man is point over well, the winning score was a, over 100 metres. A brilliant, brilliant score, you know. So, uh, no, they, they have potential. Uh, and the midfielder, like he was, he was in the middle of everything, in the middle of everything. And this, their striking was top class as well, which is, which is for this time of year. But I suppose it is May. Uh, we're probably used to seeing the first league game in February, and that might be an issue, but it's not. Uh, like the players obviously have done so much individually. But no, it was, um, uh, there's a three or four of the Antrim lads and great performances, you know. Yeah, yeah, excellent from him. I think performance of the weekend has to go to Austin Gleeson, though, for all the little tricks and all the little... That's what performance of the weekend is all about. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like this is probably himself and Tony Kelly win a lot of these awards, um, Paul. So Austin Gleeson, I think performance of the weekend. So we'll leave it there, lads. We've gone um, well over the hour. Um, we'll be back next month. Are we back on Thursday? And we'll preview the weekend uh, hurling again. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. <laughs> And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go.